0: Star jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast oh, sheet. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on Sublight Drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. Experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from. This is it, ladies and gentlemen, the edge of time and space, where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the Event Horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is... Jilly Jones. Filmmaker, producer, and screenwriter. Welcome to the show
1: thank you <laughs> so everyone is talking about you know this this movie of Colombian magic and and it's deeper and madder than you ever thought no I'm not talking about Encanto <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's th- sort of the juxtaposition of it and that's the first thing that struck us you know this is a different kind of enchantment
2: yes um, believe it or not The story came from one of my husband, AJ's very good friends, uh, Daniela Gonzalez. Her family has passed down this book generation through generation. Her father actually lives in Colombia on the edge of the rainforest. And it is this book filled with hundreds of creatures from Amazonian folklore.
0: Oh, that's fun.
2: Yeah, so we had gone hiking at this little state park outside of Orlando called Lake Louisa State Park. And five minutes in, we looked at each other and said, we should turn around because we don't want to die. Um, and this <laughs> is a very terrifying park. But also, this would be a really great location to film something. And it had that very jungley, um, you know, Ocala Florida can look very jungly terrifying lots of Spanish moss so we started googling creatures that would exist in a jungle and a lot of creatures from the Amazon were popping up so that's when AJ reached out to Daniela and she responded by texting us photos of this book so AJ and Daniela actually did a lot of research uh, through the book and they settled on for our budget purposes you know, the Patisola was someone who had never been seen before, but she also was attainable to create for an indie low budget film, and mm. I love her story. Um, she was seduced by her husband's boss, and when her husband found out that she had cheated on him, he murdered their two children in front of her, chopped off her leg, and left her in the rainforest to die. And Ooh. her spirit was so, um, like terrorized that it lived on in this one legged form. And now she's become this warning to, um, you know, married people when they're leaving the house, the wife might say to the husband, okay, well, make sure you don't mess around because the Pachisola will get you.
1: <laughs> there we are. Yeah. The, uh,
0: Uh, one of the great things about these old legends is that uh, very frequently nobody's ever touched them before
2: yeah which is surprising because I mean just hearing the the basics of her legend I want to see what that person looks like you know or not person but I want to I want to see that creature that excites me I think that's why you know La Llorona was so exciting when it came out as well because it was a story that hadn't ever been seen on screen before. And um, I think it's a privilege to, to to tell a story for the first time. Um, that's something that my production company loves doing is we very much say we want to tell stories that people haven't heard before and show worlds that people haven't seen before.
0: That's Those are the best kinds of stories. Those
1: and, are and and if only one percent of them said, Hey, my grandmother told me that story, that's enough to, to give you some credence. Some, some oh, veracity. we
2: we were going to location scout the park and these teenage security guards were just like, Well, why are you coming in here? And we said, We're here to scout for the feature and the one said, The one the La Patasola and we said, Yeah and he said, I grew up hearing about that. She's terrifying can't wait to see it.
0: <laughs> and the on-screen, uh, the on-screen um, incarnations of her that you did. It, she had various appearances in the film, and we
1: were, won't give those away because right. it would be. <laughs> yeah, wrong.
0: I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about specifics, <laughs> but but uh, uh, the way in which the reveals were done, uh, I, it just. It's, it sets up the character as being this, this something way beyond what uh, you know. It, she just does not fit in a pigeonhole. This, well, it this does, creature. It does
1: prove that you don't need a billion dollar budget to build suspense. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say
2: that our editor did an amazing job putting the story together in a way on screen. Like he took what AJ directed and really cut it together very well. He he actually directed a thriller. Um his name's Walker Whited with W Squared Media and he did a thriller a couple years ago and we watched it and that was what we said was the way that he told that story. The the suspense and the thrills were built so well the way he edited mm-hmm. his own movie that we said, We need him on ours. Um nice. And, yeah, and in terms of the different forms, so that's actually a nod to um, every kind of village throughout Colombia has their own kind of version of the petisola. so Daniela and AJ talked and they said, this is the first time the world's going to see her. We want to make sure that we can show kind of various forms of her um, to kind of respect everyone's different opinions so they work together to formulate the story around making sure they could showcase those different ways that she's told in different Colombian villages mm-hmm. um, so it was it was. Uh, I mean I would think that would be a challenge but I think they did it amazingly and our monster uh, creature team Hex Mortis they work on Vampire Diaries um, they did the Walking Dead, Black Lightning. So they've done a ton of big project creature designs, and they had actually never heard of the Patisola. So that's why they were like, "Well, we want to be part of creating a creature that's never been seen before. And these guys know every monster there is under the sun, but they had never heard of this. So that's that's they, very cool. yeah, that that was kind of very flooring to us when you're going to your creature experts and they don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Is this your first feature?
2: It is, yes, this is my first feature film. Um, I've produced a couple of shorts previously, um, but I would say probably the best prep for being a producer is my husband and I owned a small business for three years together. So you wear a lot of hats when you own a small business and I think that was the best producer school I ever could have gotten.
0: Yeah, it's, being a producer is uh, so much more about um, asset management. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and and not so much about filmmaking. But uh, you've taken on both both uh, uh, the filmmaking aspects and the uh, being a producer. Yeah, you know, um, being so a producer is largely a desk job.
2: <laughs> it is, and you know, I think I'm one of those weird people. I call myself a Type A creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up wanting to be on Broadway. Like I was a singer, dancer, actress, and didn't get into school for it. So I ended up moving towards the producer route and away from acting. And I was a personal assistant for two and a half years in LA. And my boss just says, he, "You, you know, you get to know each other pretty well. Um, when when you're a personal assistant, it's twenty four seven and." I remember one year on my birthday he sat down and he always tried to mentor me in what I wanted to do and he just kind of was like I feel like producing is not the only thing that you're really passionate about I really feel like you need to go back to acting
1: Mm. and I
2: said well I'm not good enough and he said who told you that and he was like "I," I said I didn't get into school for it and he was like well that doesn't matter you have raw talent but you need to go you know, do dinner theater and train and build your chops up. So I left that job and I did, um, did the murder mystery company while working as a waitress. And I tried to do just the acting thing. And I found that I was a little fulfilled, but not fully. And with the dinner theater, I really moved up the ranks and I ended up being a national manager for them and a lead actress. And it was when I finally got to put like administrative spreadsheets, budgeting numbers, and at the same time act, that I was actually finally happy. So as a producer, since I'm the boss, I get to say, okay, I'm gonna produce this feature and I'm gonna be in it. And that really is when I'm the happiest, is doing both. I I really don't think I'm someone who could do just one or the other.
0: Being able to green light your own stuff rocks. (laughs) Rocks.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. It, yeah. it is
1: a privilege.
0: Yeah, I, I, I know this one from experience.
1: Mm, yes. <laughs> and you were so so you, ad- so, so adorable in this.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, my my husband likes to say so we put our wedding money into making
1: this film it was actually first money in oh my, so my gosh yeah the the the, the 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 couple the white couple in this film they are really that's them that both of them yeah. that's um,
0: that's that's a commitment i mean that's wow yeah. i mean he is you you really have something there
2: that's awesome he 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 likes to tell people that this was his wedding gift to me was cuz he wrote it and so mm-hmm. he wrote my character and um i i just feel like it's the best gift anyone ever could have given me and i mean having a role written specifically for you typically only happens when you're a big time celebrity so i just feel really lucky to kind of have found my person who compliments me so well and like he's the writer director and i'm the producer actress and it's a it's a good partnership in the workforce, but also just uh, you the things that he does, it's done with love. And I feel really privileged to, to have somebody like that.
1: It seems to me you don't compete directly, and that's what's going to make it all work, you know? Yes,
2: absolutely.
1: It's definitely like a partnership
2: versus um, trying to do the same thing. Like you said, competition in a marriage is
0: not <laughs> yeah, <the>
2: probably
1: healthy <laughs> marriages
0: where both both part both of the people involved are actors oh those don't last
1: uh, well yeah. you know there's a few exceptions but those are those are the shining stars you know yeah you can't you know hollywood magazines for the past century have been full of the opposite <laughs> Annie, yes. But but I I sure hope he treats you better than uh, <laughs> better so than he funny. did in the movie. He,
2: he does, but it's so funny. When my aunt watched the film, she apparently started texting. My mom has five siblings, and Uh-oh. they have a group text. She started a group text saying, "Okay." It, it, like, Jilly was so good, but like, AJ, like, is that how he really is in their relationship? Because that's not okay and I need to have a talk with him. And my mom was like, <laughs> no. Actor. Acting. No,
0: Actor. Acting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, I appreciated my aunt coming to my defense, but I tell AJ all the time, he is so good at playing the roles of men that I would never date in my life. And I don't understand because typically, like, I am a very kind of like, cutesy bubbly energetic person and that's very much what I brought to my role but for him like he he's so good at being the bad jerk Mm -hmm. and I don't know why because it couldn't be further from who he is as a person
1: (laughs) I guess you get it all out in your art and you don't have to carry it around with you the rest of the time I mean horror horror writers are always just the sweetest people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, we're
0: told that Stephen King Stevie is King, just
1: a sweetheart. Yeah, Robert Block was a pussy cat. I adored that man, but he didn't have to carry murdered death around with him all the time because he he wrote it out in in you know Jack the Ripper stories. <laughs> I can I can understand that. Yeah, it's therapeutic. It totally is, and and I expect AJ's done the same. And I mean, he's certainly known I'm... Hollywood jerks all these years. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's not hard to find jerks in Hollywood. Ursh. Oh, boy. <laughs> the stories I could tell you. Let's not. Uh, let's not. <laughs> yeah, it just strike Watching you in this film, uh, La Patasola... The, uh, the Curse of... The, La- cur- the Curse of La Patasola. Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, it just strikes me that you would be great in, like, uh, uh, an uh, action action comedy role.
1: Well, you know, thank you that's, that's yeah. exactly
0: yeah this this kind of was in 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 uh, places but you know you just that that uh, bubbly sunshine uh, uh, makes a nice contrast to the uh, to the action suspense horror elements in the film and uh you know I'm just thinking that that would work for you in other kinds of films as well.
2: I love that you say that, and, and it's funny. I ha- I work with a sketch group, um, and we have three different sketches in post right now, and I have kind of some similarity of, like, it's comedy, but it turned into, like, action comedy. Um, our first episode is actually me fighting the human incarnation of my period. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, it's comedy action. So it's very interesting that you say I would be good at that because in my creation, I don't know if it's subconscious, but I created a similar a comedic action story in my in my sketch group. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So what's your sketch group? Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, it's called so it's called Curiosity, and it's myself and two other gentlemen, Hamid Reza Benjamin Thompson and Alexei Vladimir de Castillo. Um, neither one of them have short names.
1: <laughs> neither one of them but, have single culture names either. That's <laughs> those are impressive.
2: Yes. and um, Hamid is Persian and Alexei is Latino. Um And we, I love their brains because they're weird and odd like mine. And we got together and we're like, what if these three roommates were abducted by aliens and the aliens were trying to figure out the best way to take over the human race? So sort of like how archaeologists, when you dig up stuff from thousands of years ago, you're trying to figure out. To learn, figure out the culture and making your best guesses, we wanted to take that concept and apply it to aliens trying to figure out the human race with the goal of taking us over. So each episode starts with, you know, the humans are abducted in a spaceship, and then you search out a different question. So, for example, mine is, what is a period? And it's, like, not your... You're not actually getting the full right answer But, like, it it takes on a wild turn And I love it mm-hmm. um, The second one we did is called Why Pizza um, <laughs> And then the third one is Why Do Fruits Loop um, <laughs> <laughs> Based off of, like, the cereal Fruit Loops Because you we were like, yeah, uh-huh. like, if no one it, Like, if you didn't if i never existed on the human planet why are people so obsessed with pizza like what is it about pizza or like where did like it's called fruit loops like why are the fruits looping like i don't understand so we just kind of are taking like a different angle concept to simple human things um and it's it's really fun
0: there's music sequencer software called fruity loops
2: Is there really? There really is. I think.
0: I think it might actually be uh, either freeware or or, or open source, one of the two. I I I might be mistaken, but I know that I know it it exists and it's reasonably popular. You know, you can make music on your desktop. You know, just using this. (laughs) You know, it's it's like one of those Amiga mod uh, sequencer things.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, no the 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 sketch group sounds like great fun and and uh, uh, I how, where could we go to see some of this work?
2: So that's still in post production, actually. So we shot. Um,
0: oh, it's going to be on video, so we can see we, it anywhere. Yeah, on the, we're going to probably
2: internet. release it on YouTube. But um, uh-huh. we 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 just started writing together in august um you know the actor hustle you have to create a lot of your own content so oh god yes i personally just love comedy and i have um i took a sketch comedy class and my teacher told me that i have a very dark out there brain and like my version of like what i think is funny probably wouldn't work mainstream. <laughs> Um, like to the point that for some reason, like men are always getting murdered or killed and stuff that I create. And I don't know why I like, I really, I, I, my mother asked to like for a ver- a visual check every time she calls to make sure my husband is not tied up like in a jail cell somewhere. <laughs> and like, it's kind of a joke, but also I don't think it is um, getting married where like your husband dies in the film. And then, like, saying that's what you want to do for your wedding is, like, all, I guess maybe a little disturbing to your parents. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, you so- think?
1: Your parents are his <laughs> parents, one or the other.
2: So so I just wanted an outlet where I could kind of create something without the pressure of it needing to make money or answer mm-hmm. to investors. And Alexei and Hamid are both actors with me in the Atlanta Um Uh, Group in the Atlanta market, and they just wanted to build up their reels. And the best way to do that is to make your own content. So a lot of my crew from La Petasola actually ended up coming out and helping us film these sketches in November, because we just missed each other. And it was like, hey, like, they want to get above the line opportunities. So I gave you know, my first AC got to come out and DP and direct a sketch, which is great for him because now he can take that and put it on his reel. I get to express the weird stuff happening in my brain, and then my writing partners get footage for their demo reel. So it's like a win-win all around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, getting above um, the line work is really hard. and And getting those, uh, you know, getting those kinds of credits is, is really difficult, and the only way you can really get them is, uh, is to work on short subjects. I mean it's this yeah. is and it's the the conundrum of uh of the film industry is that uh you know you can't um, there's no real market for the shorts apart from putting them on YouTube or you know occasionally. Yep. Occasionally, there's like some little uh, service that runs shorts or whatever, but you're not gonna you're, you're lucky to make your production expenses back. And most, oh,
2: and and I tell people not to plan on that. Yeah, it, and like, most of them when, never do. Ex- yeah, exactly. You know, I think we've gone away from the world where. Hey, I have this idea for a feature so I'm going to make a short as an example and then get investors that way. Like, I think that's just a waste of money now. And 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 again, like, you know what? Every the way that every film gets made is different. This is just from my experience and mm-hmm. and and everything, but you know, shorts really I think are more about a passion the the passionate stories you want to tell or to just show that mm-hmm. you can can make something. Um, But, you know, you got to just find your friends and get together and call in all your favors to do to to try and keep the cost low on these shorts, because the cost can get away from you to want to, if you want to make it a really good quality. But, you're, yeah, you're not going to make your money back on the shorts. So it is really more just of like, no, this is I need to creatively express myself right now.
0: <laughs> well, there, I, I think there are actually Two uh two separate motion picture industries at this point. One of them is the 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 regular path, you know, mm-hmm. where you're, where you were saying, you know, nobody does uh nobody does demos anymore. Yeah. You know, because they can't get they can't get them funded. Uh yep. because it's all based on your reputation and not, you know, not the 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 short that you do because if you make the short, you're going to be pouring piles of money into it with no guarantee that anybody's going to pick it up. So you're, yeah. out, you're just out that money. And in order to get the production values up high enough, you have to pour money into it. So the only, uh, uh, you know, you, if you're working at that level, you pretty much have to have a reputation uh, trailing back, you know, going a, uh, back a few years with above the line credits. And the only way to get that is on the shorts. But yeah. but the other side of the motion picture industry is uh, the independent filmmakers who just want to make films. And so what they what I see a lot of them doing is they'll do a short and then they'll go to crowdfunding with it. Mm-hmm. And they'll convince people to crowdfund and say, and say, here's what it could look like. Use your imaginations and... By gosh, the people who uh, go to Kickstarter are actually able to use their imaginations and, and sort of guess at what you could do and believe in you when you say, I can do something like this but twice as good if I have your help, and then you can get your funding that way. Whereas studio executives, no imagination at all, and you'll never get anywhere doing that.
2: Yeah, and they just want you to make something that already exists because they want to know that it'll make money, but then
1: the, you're making stuff that has already been seen before. Well, that's it. Everyone wants to be first to be second.
0: Yeah, yeah well, well-known it's... phrase in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it really is.
2: Yeah, so that's why, like, I you know, I, I back to what you were saying about Kickstarter... We've had a couple conversations with friends who are in the indie world but haven't done their first feature yet, and they're asking us, like, how did you raise your money and and all that, and I really think our executive producer, Mark Pettit, on The Curse of La Pettisola, actually um, has a marketing company. He's a mm-hmm. very experienced marketing man, um, been doing it for 20 years. His company's called Creation, and he has been a godsend because he was able to help our investors see the vision. He got Glasshouse, our sales agent, because when we pitched them, there was a marketing plan. They got excited about it. Now, you know, Vertical Entertainment has done an amazing job getting La Patisola. Um We were in 20 theaters on opening day and all major streaming. So Amazon, Apple iTunes, Vudu, Xfinity, Comcast, like everywhere and on the front page of these places. But people have to know to go there. So Mark, as our EP, got us the most ridiculous amount of press you could imagine. He put on this big premiere event in Buckhead and got all like there was a senior rep from CNN there fox 5 news came out and did a piece on us we were in the ajc and that does not happen for small indie films and someone asked him like how did you get all this press and it's just because he's he's a marketing guy so i think something that i would tell all indie filmmakers is is find your person on your team who really understands marketing because i don't aj doesn't like but you know You can have the best movie in the world, but you need people to watch it for it to really become cinema. And so we're just thankful that our little indie film just has such a giant marketing titan kind of behind it, because that's really helped get the word out. Um, And I think for those filmmakers who want to go the Kickstarter route too, having someone... In marketing from day one, will just really help help kind of sell it more and help people see your vision.
0: You almost have to start selling it before you have a product.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: that's scary all by itself.
2: It is. What creative is in the creative industry because they want to be a salesperson, right?
0: Oh, God. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, the, we have that very experience with Sci-Fi Radio, which is the radio station you're on right now. Yes, yes. And, and uh, uh, it is a continual struggle, you know, getting the word out and and uh, and, and trying to do it on essentially no budget, <laughs> yep. and, and all of that. It's 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 terrifying at times. And and everything depends on its su- success.
1: On the other hand, nobody's going to sell us out and 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 fire us and give our jobs to somebody in another country,
0: right? Yeah, because we greenlight. Not that we have our, issues. Yeah, we greenlight our own stuff. We yes. we've we, we've done animation projects and stuff. You know.
2: Um. That's that's cool. I did not know you had done animation projects. I have listened to. Um, several of your episodes, and so I, I was really excited to talk to you guys today. But I did not know you did animation
1: projects. Oh yeah, uh, uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. this, is, oh, this okay. is not the Gene Show. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's maybe it's we not. should record a Gene Show sometime. Uh, but maybe not today.
0: Not today. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about that after the show.
1: Okay. So, okay. so the
0: uh, oh, so now that the film is done, what's wh-
1: next?
2: <laughs> um, well, I actually already have two thrillers in development. I have two scripts that have been written. Um, one is called Buried Blood, and AJ, my husband, who wrote La pa- the Curse of La Patasola with Sean Mathis, they developed the story of Buried Blood together. I
0: now is and- that is that. Bury B-A-R-R-Y, or
2: B-U-R-I-E-D? B-U- oh, buried
0: um, blood.
1: Okay. Yeah, Blood which so, has been buried in the ground. Got it.
2: <laughs> yes. And it was inspired, actually, by the January 6th insurrection of this idea when you see kind of the Confederate flag going into your your city's capital. It made A.J. think of how everyone always says, the South will rise again. Oh. And so he thought, "What if that was a literal
0: Confederate sta- zombie <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> the South will rise again. Mm, what yes. a punchline, huh? Yeah. What a tagline. You know.
1: You know. It, it, and pro- you know, properly handled, it'll probably sell very well in in, a, in you know Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh God, and, yes.
2: And, and here's the thing, like. What I love about it is it isn't the kind of story that's kind of like shoving something down your throat. It actually is an amazing story that starts off as this, like, kind of vice reporter, southern dark noir, where two investigative reporters go to a small um, town in Georgia to investigate the disappearance of a young black boy, and then they uncover a cult that is um, experimenting with devil worship and blood sacrifice to raise Confederate soldiers from the ground. And so it flips on its head into this zombie horror film in, <laughs> halfway through. I, I'm so excited for it. Um, I think people are going to love it. I mean, everyone loves zombies, and I've never seen Confederate zombies yet, so... Um, I'm excited for that one. Um, And then the other one I'm developing is that, think, girls' trip, but as a thriller. Uh, It it was written by Sean Mathis as well. And um, it's for black uh, ex-Marine women who go on this trip to a cabin usually every year to honor a fallen comrade Conrad and their cabin is booked out so they have to go to a new cabin and it takes a very dark turn Mm. so um again you know my dark mind i just i like getting the scripts that are uh an an expression of 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 darkness and horror i guess
0: (laughs) that sounds this is fun stuff i mean you definitely have a, a a darker imagination you know, which is which is not exactly the 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 uh, the thing that you expect from this sunshine bubbly actor. Oh, you know, I, I love
2: Disney too. Like <laughs> that I contrast feel like is... I should play a Disney princess because, and I love animated Disney movies. And so I don't I don't know where this comes from, but it's there.
1: <laughs> you know, Morticia Adams was a sweet darling too. She loved her family. She always smiled. <laughs>
0: And and uh, asked if anybody mind if she smoked
1: and... <laughs> Smoldered a bit.
0: And then, yeah, and then she just crossed her arms and exuded clouds of it.
2: <laughs> I See, feel like I that found that my now. next costume for Halloween. <laughs>
0: oh, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to producer and actress Jilly Jones, and the film is... The, the the
1: curse of la Pata Sola.
0: which is available on streaming platforms everywhere thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the event horizon you have been a wonderful guest thank you it's it's
2: been a pleasure to talk to you both
0: you have been listening to episode 235 of sci-fi.radio's weekly production of the event horizon for Saturday January 29th 2022 our guest this evening has been another newly minted feature filmmaker, this time Jilly Jones, producer and actress in the horror film The Curse of La Patasola, now available on streaming platforms everywhere. This episode will air again on January 30th, 2022 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. If you enjoy programming like what you just heard, we ask you to please visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge 5 or $10 a month to help keep the station on the air. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by science fiction illustrator Mark Schirmeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. The Captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2022 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.